My name is Matt Poole, and this is Unapologetically Catholic, the podcast where we dive into the different doctrines, dogmas, and beliefs of the Catholic faith to help explain why I personally am unapologetically Catholic and why I think that you should be too. Uh, This week, we are going to talk about the communion of the saints or prayers to the saints. We're going to talk about um, why we as Catholics do it, why we should do it, what it is, what it is not, and why I personally think that whether you're Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, or some sort of Christian thing in between there, that you should be praying to the saints as well. Um, so th- there is there is a lot of uh, misunderstandings about what like what is going on while we're praying to the saints or what communion of the saints is. Um, and there was a lot of misunderstandings that I had growing up. So I kind of want to talk through some of those and help explain, like I said, what is and what is not going on there. Um, So with that, let's get into it. All right. Well, thank you again for joining in. Like I said, this week, we're going to go over um, the praying to the saints, why we do it, um, what it is. Uh, So this is something that I... like I've said a number of times before, there were a few things that when I was a Protestant that I would look at Catholics and I would kind of be like, yeah, well, they get a pass, you know, they're kind of mistaken on that, but whatever, it's no big deal. Um, Praying to the saints was though, that was a pretty big deal that I thought Catholics really had wrong. And it was a big deal that they had it wrong too. Um, Because the Bible clearly tells us that necromancy is wrong, right? <laughs> and and I always thought that necromancy is what was going on there, um, or like or speaking with the dead. Um, so that was something that. But though I would say that that was something that was pretty quickly um, understood or corrected in my studying of the Catholic faith, um, just because. You know, I from an outsider looking in, I really had no clue what was actually going on. I just kind of assumed what was going on, um, and and just rolled with it from there. But anyways, um, like I said, I thought that it was necromancy. That's something that I commonly hear, even you know today, is saying, "Oh well, you know, you Catholics believe in necromancy. You um, light candles and you say prayers to people who've died." <laughs> uh, but it's not necromancy. So. I think a good place to start is, at least for this aspect, is like, what is necromancy? And necromancy is when you're trying to communicate with the dead. So like, if I go to, um, like a, uh, somebody who says that they can communicate with the dead, it's looking for a conversation. Or like, if I were to try to talk to someone who has died and like, get them to communicate back with me, like Ouija boards, the reason why why they're wrong is because you're trying to communicate back and forth with the dead. So like you're trying to like fortune tellers, um, it, you know, they, they can communicating with people who have died to get information about the future uh, is wrong. That's not what Catholics are doing. Like when we pray to the saints, we're not looking for anything from them. We're not looking for any kind of response from them. Um, I'm not, you know, there's no, I don't want to communicate with them. Uh, it would be 
to me, uh, sometimes I tend to be a scaredy cat, especially when it comes to like ghosts and like jump scares and spooky things. Um, so <laughs> the last thing that I want is someone who I know is dead to like show up and start talking to me. Um, so I know that me for sure, whether that's what the Catholic church teaches or not, I would not do that, but I know that's not what the Catholic church teaches. So, um, we don't communicate with the saints, right? Or yes, we don't communicate with them. We don't look for like a back and forth conversation. Uh, we don't look to hear from them. Um, there's actually been a number of saints who have said things like, you know, people who are looking for uh, like an apparition or something like that. Not that they're doing anything to try to communicate with them. This kind of is a side tangent, but that people who are looking for apparitions and things like that are really people of weak faith. So that's a little bit different because an apparition is where someone just appears, not that like you're calling someone and then they respond by appearing. Um, anyways, back to praying with praying to the saints. Uh, it's not necromancy. We're not looking for a communication for them. So what are we looking for? Like, why would we pray to the saints if we're not looking to communicate with them? Well, it's the same. Um, it's the same. It would be the same thing as if I go to you and ask you, you know, like, hey, can you pray for me for X, Y, Z, whatever things going on in my life that I need prayer for? I, you know, this person's sick. My car broke down. I'm really struggling with this. Um, I really can see that my faith is weak and I need an increase in faith. Please, you know, pray for me for that. All those different things. Or like I, you know, try to say in almost every episode, I think I say it in every episode, but that I am praying for you, whoever you are listening to this. Um, I, I pray for you, even if you have not asked me um, for prayers. I don't know that there's anyone through the podcast who specifically come to me and ask for me to pray for them. Um, but I still do. Uh, and it's the same with the saints. Um, the saints will pray for us whether we ask for them to or not. Um, but that's what we're doing is we're asking them to pray to God for us, like on our behalf. Right. Um, there's not, I've heard some people before say things like, um, God is that like Catholics believe that God is too big and scary and Jesus is kind of like, he's not as mean and scary as God, but like Jesus is kind of hard to talk to. So we go to people like Mary and the saints because, because Jesus can't refuse his own mom. Right. And, um, the saints were all just human beings. Like they weren't they weren't like Jesus in the fact that they were God and man. They were just man. So they're a lot easier to talk to. So that's why we pray to the saints. And that's not at all true. Um, we absolutely pray to God directly all the time. Um, that's what the Mass is. I mean, the Mass is, is a prayer offered to God directly. Um, there's no, like we don't offer the prayer of the Mass to anyone other than God. Uh, and there's a number of things that we do. Uh, well, not a number of things. There's a number of times where we pray directly to God or we pray directly to Jesus. And that's definitely something that 
is encouraged and should be encouraged in the church. Um, but we do see in scripture, and I don't have anything like a specific verse um, to give you, but I, because I, I think that everyone, you know, if you're a Christian and you've read at least through parts of the Bible, that you can see that that God and Jesus and and all the other um, authors of Scripture have told us time and time again, it's very important that you pray for one another. Um, and so if it's important for us to pray for one another, then why would we not ask for the prayers of, of those who have gone before us? Um, now, I guess one thing that I have not addressed yet that I do want to kind of point out is some people will say, okay, well, maybe it's not necromancy, but you're crazy, right? Like, <laughs> these people are dead. The difference between, you know, me asking you and me asking St. Patrick to pray for me is you're alive. St. Patrick is not alive anymore. He's died. He, he lived a long time ago. Or like even Mary. Mary lived thousands of years ago. She's not alive anymore, right? She's dead. She can't hear your prayers like me and you can hear each other's prayers. And I would say, are we not all a part of the same body of Christ, right? So yes, we are separated by death, right? There's no, like, I don't see, I'll just use St. Patrick. He's my patron saint, St. Patrick is. So I'll use him as an example. I don't see St. Patrick. I don't talk to him. I've never shook his hand. I've never had a conversation with him. I have no clue what he looks like, you know, other than he wears green. Uh, is the best kind of the description of what he looks like that I have. Um, but we are a part of the same family. So just like I can go to, I don't know, a church down in Mexico and ask someone in Mexico that I've never seen before to pray for me, and they can and they will, and that is a good thing to do, even though I don't know them, I've never talked to them before. Um, same thing with uh, praying to the saints. Yes, there's the divide of death, but we're all a part of the same family, just like the every Christian around the world and myself are all a part of the same family of God, so the saints are a part of the exact same family of God. Sometimes I would... And I believed this when I was a Protestant, and I don't really know where this comes from or why we would think about it this way, but it was a weird thing to think. It was almost like there were two families of God, right? Like there was there was those of us who were on earth, and that was one family of God, and then there was like a more perfect, better, but different and separated family of God in heaven. And the two had nothing to do with each other um, for the most part, like we look to the perfect heavenly family of God as like our hope, like we will be there one day and we're excited to be there, but we're not there yet. Um, so, but that's not, <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not true. Um, it, we are all a part of the one body of Christ, right? So just like in the Bible where it talks about there are many parts and they all are for different things and one can't say to the other, you know, you're better because you've got this or I've better because I do this. Like I'm the eye, so I'm better than the hand because we all need each other, right? So 
same thing with the saints who are currently right now at this moment in heaven. Um, we, we need them, uh, because they are a part of the same body of Christ. And so for us to ask for their prayers, is not like we're trying to communicate with them. Uh, yes, they're dead, but they, their, their bodies are dead, but it, it, they've been crucified with Christ and now they are alive with Christ. Um, maybe their bodies aren't with Christ, but their souls are, uh, and we are a part of the same family. Maybe I've belabored that point. <laughs> uh, so then that leads to another question that I've heard a number of times and would ask myself is, is like, okay, well, hold on one second. You're ascribing attributes of God to Mary and the saints. And what do I mean by that? A lot of times I will hear that like, because there is uh, St. Patrick, right? We'll go back to him. So St. Patrick is a saint, right? Um, he is one person. He is not God. We don't believe he's God. So how is it that St. Patrick can hear the prayers of thousands and thousands of people all at one time? That's only an attribute that God has. Well, the difference is, is that if they were if they were still alive on the earth, then yes, it, it would be more of an attribute of God for them to hear everyone's prayers at once, but they're not here on the earth. They're not bound by time. Um, there's no, there's no time in heaven, right? Uh, or you're not bound by time when you're in heaven. So the reason why they can hear the prayers of thousands of people all at the same time is because they are not inside of time. They are not bound by time. So I don't know. I can't explain it like exactly how it works because I've never been outside of time. Um, I, but I will be one day. And so one day I'll understand exactly how it works. But right now I don't, that's, that's the most I can explain. It can explain it is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but it's not the same thing as God is that he knows everything all at once, right? Like it, uh, you're not attributing something that only God has or can do to Mary or the saints just because they can hear the prayers of thousands or millions of people all at one time. Um, so there's a couple of places in the catechism here that I want to read. Uh, let's see. Okay, so paragraph 946 says, After confessing the Holy Catholic Church, the Apostles' Creed adds the communion of saints. In a certain sense, the article is a further explanation of the preceding, what is the church if not the assembly of all the saints? The communion of saints is the church. Uh, so this kind of goes back to the point that I was talking to, like, we, we are a church, there is a church, there is a body. Um, there's not, there's not a divide between those of us who are in Christ on the earth and those who, of whom are in Christ in heaven. Um, so yeah, like I said, there, there is one body of Christ. Um, there's not two. And you know, the apostles creed is something that I can remember as a Protestant reading and hearing the, the part about the communion of the saints. Um, but I, I don't really know. I don't know why I thought this, but I thought like it was communion of like saints on the earth and not saints in heaven. Um, but, but we are all 
it is one body of Christ. There is not two bodies of Christ. Um, so the next paragraph in the catechism is going to be 956. And let's see. Um, okay, it says the intercession of saints. Being more closely united to Christ, those who dwell in heaven fix the whole church more firmly in holiness. They do not cease to intercede with the Father for us as they proffer the merits which they acquired on earth through the one mediator between God and men, Christ Jesus. So by their fraternal concern is our weakness greatly helped. And then there's a quote from, um, uh, sorry, let's see. There's quote. There's two quotes. Uh, the first one is from Saint Dominic, Dominic, and the second is from Saint Therese of Lisieux. Uh, the first one says, "Do not weep, for I shall be more useful to you after my death, and I shall help you then more effectively than during my life." And then Saint Therese's quote is, "I want to spend my heaven in doing good on earth." Um, so this can this brings up a few points that. I wanted to just kind of point out is that um, we are all one body of Christ, like I said, um, and we're here to help each other, right? Um, and so the saints can do that in a more perfect way. And why can they do that in a more perfect way is because they have been made completely perfect and pure in heaven. Um, we all here on the earth, we've got we've got more work that needs to be done to us, right? Uh, I think everyone would say that. I don't think anyone listening to this, and I definitely would not say this, that I don't think anyone would say you're perfect. Um, and we all need things. We all have things that we can get better at, and we we need to grow in more Christ-likeness, right? Um, but when you're in heaven, you can't grow in Christ-likeness anymore because you are... You are made fully perfect when you're in heaven. Um, so not, to, again, like I said, kind of in the beginning, it's not to belittle the fact that Jesus and God are the ultimate head, but if, if God could just, you know, do everything on his own, didn't need anyone else, didn't want their help, why would one, he ask Adam and Eve to subdue the earth and to name the animals and to to do things by his power right um and why would god create the body of christ and why would it say that we are all becoming why are we all a part of a body of christ if there's no like if there's no reason for help from one another um then what are we doing <laughs> Right, like I, I don't think that just because saints and Mary and other Christians can all help each other does not take away from God or the sacrifice that Jesus made at all, um, because God ch freely chose to associate us with His work. Um, also, this paragraph here kind of points out another uh, objection that I often hear. Um, that in in about uh, or sorry geez i'm stumbling over my words today <laughs> another objection that i hear about prayer to the saints is the fact that there is one mediator between god and man and it is christ jesus uh this this paragraph here points out well let's just read this second 
half of the paragraph here. Uh, it says, they do not cease to intercede with the Father for us, as they proffer the merits which they acquired on earth through the one mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus. Uh, so we recognize that there is one mediator between God and man, right? Uh, but if that means that that we cannot ask the saints or Mary to pray for us, then that also means that we cannot ask our brothers and sisters in Christ here on the earth to pray for us. If there is one mediator between God and man, and it is Christ Jesus, and that means that we can't ask for the prayers of the saints and angels and God and, uh, sorry, and of Mary in heaven, then we can't ask for the prayers of all of our brothers here who are alive on the earth because they are mediating for us on our behalf, right? So it that's not what, that can't be what this verse here means because, like I said, the Bible tells us in countless other places to pray for one another. Um, so it's not that we are, uh, it's not that the, the prayers go to the saints and then they stop at the saints. Like we're like, we're looking, we don't pray to the saints in the same way that we pray to God. Right. Um, I pray to saints and Mary and the angels the same way that I go to a friend of mine here on the earth and say, pray for me for X, Y, and Z, whatever problem issue thing that I need someone to pray for me about. Um, so you know, I've talked a little bit about like what it is and what it is not. So I kind of want to bring up a few places in scripture that kind of help show that, you know, this is something that we should be doing. Um, so in James 5.16, let's see. Uh, it says, uh, so James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The fervent prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. So I understand that this was written to a group of people who are alive, right? But like we explained earlier, we are all one body of Christ. Those of us who are alive and those of us who have passed on to the next life are all at the same time a part of the one body of Christ. So if the prayer of a righteous man... Uh, is very powerful, then who is more righteous than those who have been made completely perfect, right? Those who are already in heaven. Uh, those are the most righteous people that you can think of. There, There is no more human being who is more righteous than those who've been made completely perfect by Christ, right? So why would we not ask them to pray for us? <laughs> um, this, this is something that I kind of, when I started to understand the, you know, the intercession of the saints and things and the communion of the saints that I was like, wow, yeah, that's really, like, I really should be asking the saints and angels and Mary to, to pray for me. Um, because if the Bible says, like I said, if the Bible says, like it does, that the prayer, the prayers of a righteous person is very powerful, then, and we are all one body of Christ, those of us who are alive and those of us who have died already, um, then they are the most righteous people. And if their prayers are very powerful, then I absolutely want to ask for their prayers. <laughs> um, so the next places I want to read in scripture is in Revelation. There's a couple of passages here um, because, you know, like I said, I kind of 
that was, like I said, James was written, is written to a specific group of people who were alive. It wasn't written, you know, to people who've already passed on from this life to the next. But um, is there anywhere in scripture where we see saints prayers being offered up to God? Um, yes, there's a couple places and we'll read them here. The first one is in Revelation 5, 8. Uh, it says, when he took, uh, ah, sorry, when he took it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each of the elders had a harp and a gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the holy ones. Uh, and the holy ones refers to saints. Um, so if the saints are praying and, and the prayers of the saints are being offered up to God, uh, why would we not ask for them to pray for us? Uh, there's another passage here in Revelation 8 verses 3 and 4. It says, another angel came and stood at the altar holding a gold censer. He was given a great quantity of incense to offer, along with the prayers of all the holy ones on the gold altar that was before the throne. The smoke of the incense, along with the prayers of the holy ones, went up before God from the hand of the angel. So we can see that these, the saints who are already in heaven, or the holy ones, um, as we read here, they're, they are praying for us, right? And they are offering, or, or they, they're praying. You know, at the very least, we can say they're praying. Um, and their prayers are being offered up. Uh, so if they are praying, what do you think they're praying for? <laughs> and I would say it, it would be for those who are on heaven. Um, I, sorry, those who are on, on the earth. Those in heaven are praying for those of us who are here on the earth. And why? Because this life is a journey, right? So we are not completely perfect yet. Um, our process of sanctification is not done yet. We are not completely perfect, but that is our goal. Like we're all called to be saints, right? Um, and the body of Christ is built by God himself or the, or the church is built by God himself to, for us to reach that goal, um, for us to be made perfect one day in heaven, to be in full union with him. Um, and we need to help one another. And so the, those who are a part of the same body of Christ who are in heaven already made perfect are continually praying for us. Um, and we can see that here in these two passages in Revelation. Okay, and so I've shared, you know, some passages from the Bible here, and I've shared a little bit from the Catechism, something I haven't done before, but that maybe maybe I'll start doing a little bit more in, in well, I'm going to do in this episode and in future episodes, is kind of talking about um, what did some of the earliest believers say, or what did some of the early church fathers have to say about this, right? So um, we know, I well, this is kind of a side tangent, but I don't, I don't really know why I thought this, but as a Protestant, I would never really look back like more than 500 years to the Reformation. <laughs> um, 
and, and I don't know why I never really read or was interested in what those who came before the year 1500 had to say or what they believed, um, but I think it's really important for us to look at what those who closer to the time of Jesus himself believed. Not that that means they're right, um, but they probably have some important things to say. The only the only like church father that I would ever listen to is St. Augustine, and that's because... Uh, it was always kind of like, oh, St. Augustine was like the true first reformer is what we would always believe. Um, so we'll read a few quotes here from St. Augustine and a couple other um, church fathers on what they had to say about prayer to the saints. So the first quote here is uh, from St. Augustine. It says, a Christian people celebrates together in religious solemnity the memorials of the martyrs both to encourage their being imitated and so that it can share in their merits and be aided by their prayers. Uh, another quote from him here says, uh, At the Lord's table we do not commemorate martyrs in the same way that we do others who rest in peace so as to pray for them, but rather that they may pray for us that we may follow in their footsteps. Um, both of those quotes were from around the year 400 from St. Augustine. Um, and again, like I said, I know that doesn't prove, oh, see, that's, this is true, but I do think it's a good evidence to, um, you know, obviously some people can get some things wrong and they can be right about others, but if you have a lot of people who are saying all the same thing and then maybe you should kind of dig in, dig into it a little bit more, especially, um, if they were very well-respected figures in the faith, I guess, is a good way to say it. Like, um, the Bible even gives us a list of of those who are, well, it's like, I always, I don't know if this is the official term for it, but I always remember it being said that it was the hall of faith. Um, and it basically talks about, you know, here's people who in the Bible lived a very faithful life, like were you should imitate these people. And so I, you know, there's a list in the Bible. So why would we not continue that today? Um, and I think that we can, and I think everyone doesn't, whether you're Protestant or Catholic, Protestants always look to like the church that I grew up in, uh, when I was younger, it was always John MacArthur, Stephen Lawson, um, James White. These are all people who they're not perfect. And we would you know, when I was a kid, we would never say they're perfect or they're super great or they're super wonderful, but we would say these men are are following Christ in a way that that should be imitated. Or as I think most Protestants would say, look at Martin Luther. He's, you know, he started the Protestant Reformation. As a Protestant, it would be like we would say Luther is the one who started the ball rolling to bring truth back, right? Like there's this idea that the church got off track and it was lost and kind of like underground for thousands of years. Um, and Martin Luther was the one who found it and started to bring it back. So not that Luther in and of himself was great, but the idea is that like uh, Luther, God used Luther in an amazing way and we should be we should want to be like that as well. Um, so we as Catholics do the same thing, just people from 
before the year 1500. <laughs> Maybe that's a little, I don't know. Maybe that's a little mean to say. I don't mean to be sarcastic or rude, but um, anyways, let's read another quote here. Uh, this is from uh, St. Clement of Alexandria. Uh, it says, in this way is he, the true Christian church, always pure for prayer. He also prays in the society of angels as being already of Al- already of angelic rank, and he is never out of their holy keeping, and though he pray alone, he has the choir of the saints standing with him in prayer. Uh, that's a quote from the year 208, and then uh, from Origen, uh, it says, But not the high priest, Christ, alone prays for those who pray sincerely, but also the angels, as also the souls of the saints who have already fallen asleep. And that's in the year 233. Um, there's a number of early church fathers that you can read. Uh, let's see, St. Cyprian of Carthage, um, Methodius, uh, Cyril of Jerusalem, uh, St. Saint, Saint Hilary. There, there's a bunch of early church fathers. You know, if you, if you just get on Google and you Google early church fathers on prayer of the saint or prayer to the saints um it will bring up a a long 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 list of quotes and so you know not like like i said not to say that that's all the evidence that you need but when you look at what the catechism has to say what the bible has to say and then what those closest to the time of jesus or at least much closer to the time of jesus than we are today had to say um then maybe it's something we should at least consider. And this is not something that you have to be Catholic to pray to Mary or the saints or to ask for their intercession. Um, so I think it actually, it's something that while I was still Protestant, but was uh, close to becoming Catholic, I, w- I would say maybe within the last year, maybe two years. Uh, it's something that I kind of started to pick up because I recognized that you know, yeah, we are all a part of the one family of God. Um, and if it is good for me to ask for the prayers of all my brothers and sisters in Christ here alive on the earth, then it's got to be good to ask for the prayers of those who are completely righteous in heaven. Um, so whether you're a Catholic or Protestant, um, you, you know, you, we should be praying all the time for one another. We should be asking for prayers from one another, especially those who are um, completely made perfect in heaven. Uh, And it's very easy to do. You can just, if you're a Protestant and you don't really know how to do it, it's as simple as saying like, St. Patrick, pray for us. That's all you got to do. I mean, there's no, there's no like specific thing or formula or like certain way you have to do it. But um, yeah, if you're a Protestant, I, I, and you don't, you know, you don't already pray to the saints or the angels or Mary, um, I think it would be something that would be very worthwhile because if you ask your brothers and sisters in Christ here on the earth to pray for you, then you've got brothers and sisters in heaven who, uh, are praying for you and are more than happy to, Add your prayers to the bowl of incense that's being lifted up to God. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to this week's episode. I hope that that helped uh, clear up 
why prayer to the saints is not necromancy um and what it is that we are doing when we pray to the saints why we do it and why it's important to do it too um but if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, rate it and review it. Maybe share it with somebody if you'd like. Um, if you have anything that you specifically want to hear me like go into more detail on, or if this brought up questions specifically about this topic or any other topic related to like Catholicism, um, I would be happy to answer your questions either one-on-one or here in a podcast episode. Um, I'm always looking for suggestions on, I mean, you guys are the ones who are listening to it. So what do you want to hear about? Let me know. Uh, you can reach out either through email. Uh, it's unapologeticallycatholicpod at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Instagram. Uh, it is at unapologeticallycatholicpod. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'm more than happy to talk one-on-one with you or do a do a complete episode out of it. Um, But anyways, I hope you have a great rest of your week and uh, remember that I will be praying for you and that God bless you.